Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm delighted to share my first series is in partnership with Heck, who, like me, do things differently. Being an independent and British family-owned business, they use the finest ingredients in small batches, pulling out all the stops to bring that farmer's market quality to the supermarket shelf. In addition to their delicious original range, they offer veggie options too, catering for absolutely everyone, all of which can be found online at heckfood.co.uk and in the major supermarkets too. Hello and thank you so much for tuning in to Food for Thought, a podcast on a mission to simplify nutrition, equipping you with all the evidence-based advice you need to live and breathe a healthy lifestyle. I'm Rhiannon Lambert, Harley Street nutritionist, master practitioner, personal trainer and best-selling author of Renourish, A Simple Way to Eat Well. I'm so excited to share my vision of food far beyond the confines of my clinic. I truly believe food should always be a positive aspect of life, offering enjoyment, fuel and happiness for both the mind and body. I'll be joined by some very special guests and we'll be talking about how to develop a healthy relationship with food and what does that even mean, how does it make us feel and how it can change our lives forever. Rongan Chatterjee is a medical doctor, author and presenter best known for his TV show Doctor in the House and for being the resident doctor on BBC One's Breakfast Show. Having practiced medicine for nearly 20 years, Rongan is all too aware of how getting healthy has become far too complicated. He is of the belief that all too many of us are needlessly suffering from illnesses and stress, both of which are preventable and unacceptable. His acclaimed first book, The Four Pillar Plan, shares how to relax, eat, move and sleep your way to a longer, healthier life and has become an international bestseller, selling over 150,000 copies worldwide since being released this year. His latest book, The Stress Solution, offers four steps to rest your body, mind, relationships and purpose. Rongan also hosts the Feel Better Live More podcast, one of the most downloaded podcasts of the year on iTunes, reaching 2 million downloads so far. With Rongan so committed to sharing his philosophy far and wide, I am over the moon that he's here with me today. Hello, Rongan. Hey, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm really, really well. You've had a bit of a crazy day, haven't you? I have had a crazy day. I'm yeah. a tad late for our appointments. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a great event for the Royal College of GPs, actually just Wonderful. speaking to all their staff and giving a talk on well-being and a bit of a book signing. So it yeah. went really well, actually. Great. I mean, from if we start the podcast by discussing from medical school how... I don't know, starting a family and then working all hours of the day, as we've literally just discussed now. How has your relationship with food developed over the years? Yeah, 
if big I question. Think, yes, it is a big question. Mm. I think, you know, if, I'd say, if, I, if I go back to when I was a teenager, mm. I think I was always interested in health and fitness. But what did that mean as a teenager? Well, it meant mm. probably buying Men's Health magazine, right? And, oh, tell me about it, yeah. And looking at, you know, the exercises I should be doing and mm-hmm. looking at, you know, what are the meal plans, what are they saying? I've got to be honest, you know, growing up, I didn't really cook very much. My yeah. mother did a lot of cooking in the house. There was always Indian food kicking around in the house oh, in the wow. fridge or on the stove. And so, you know, food was a big part. But I don't think I actually consciously thought that much about it. Yeah. As a teenager, okay, I went to medical school. I don't think that's the healthiest time in my life. Uh, that's if I'm, really interesting. <laughs> well, I think it is, isn't it? I mean, there's mm. a, there's the pressure of all the work and the exams, mm. and when you do all your clinical work and all that sort of thing. But also, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of partying. There's yes. a lot of um, you know, there's a, there's a big there's a big partying culture at medical schools. I can't say if I'm honest that I was that. You know, I don't think I'd eat junk food a lot of the time, mm. uh, but I probably would from time to time, probably have yeah. pizzas. And I, I don't think at that point in my life, I was, you know, I thought I was actually having you know, a reasonable diet. You know, yeah, I'd try yeah. and eat relatively healthy, but it probably wasn't that healthy, actually, in, in reality. It probably was the average diet in the UK back then. I mean, you're an average student. You go out, you have fun. On the way back, you have yep. a kebab at Night 2 out. in the morning, 2.30. You know, chips on the way home. Exactly. And, you know, I don't regret any of that. I did no. what I did. I think, you know, you mentioned being a parent. Being a parent yeah. has certainly changed me in a big way. Because, well, you mentioned with your son as well. And there's yeah. huge differences in your life. Yeah. So, you know, my son, who's now eight years old, uh, when he was six months old, he uh, was very sick. My wife and I were on holiday in France. Um, she'd been breastfeeding him for six months. And um, he, he basically had a convulsion. And... Mm. You know, it, it it was it was pretty hairy. We you know we didn't know if he would make it through the night. Oh, he was goodness. in a French hospital. He had two lumbar punctures, um, and, and he was there for five nights. And really, that was probably the scariest time in my entire life. Yeah. I think if any parents are listening and they've come close to losing a child, mm. I, there's, there's not much that comes close. No. Certainly in my experience. Mm. And what was really interesting is that what actually my son had was a vitamin deficiency yeah. uh, which caused him to have what's called a hypocalcemic convulsion yes. so his calcium level in his blood was really low mm. um, which is why he had a convulsion mm. anyway you know modern medicine saved his life you yeah. know we had an infusion we got what he needed to do but no one had really then no one told me well a how did this happen and b what can you do now to sort of undo some of the damage that might have happened over the last three to six months mm. And that really set me on a path of trying to figure out, well, how is it that, you know, I I, I sort of did my uh, MRCP exam. I was a member of the Royal College yeah. of Physicians. So I was going to be a nephrologist. So I did all that. Okay, so then I decided yeah. that actually a specialism is not for me because I think whilst it's very important, I think we're missing the big picture sometimes in medicine mm-hmm. now. We're putting everything in neat little boxes. Yeah. And I wanted to move to general practice so I can see everything and how everything connects. But I'm very, very glad that I've got my specialist background behind me but I thought well how with all that with an immunology degree Mm. as a member of the Royal College of Physicians and then I did all the exams for a member of the Royal College of GPs like with all my qualifications how has my son nearly died from a preventable vitamin deficiency and I couldn't I really that really drove Mm. me on to figure out okay I'm going to learn a 
what happened and b how can i get him back to full health as if this had never happened and that really has been my drive for the last eight years and, and wow. really has driven me to do what I do with the public. I mean, what what an experience. I don't think, like you said, unless someone's a parent out there, they can really truly imagine what that must possibly feel like. But also for you, as you've mentioned, you are a doctor. And of course, I mean, we can touch on this a bit later, but of course doctors don't have the nutritional kind of education that we're trying to change, I think, right now. Yeah, I think, I think that's a great point. And, um, you know, you talk about this a lot and uh, obviously I talk about it a lot in the media mm. as well, that... Doctors, I do feel, need some form of training in nutrition. Mm. And, and the reason is, is not because we want to do the job of nutritionists. No, of course. It's nothing to do with that. It's because we are seeing more and more problems that are driven in some way by our collective modern lifestyles. And nutrition Completely. is a big factor in that. There are other factors, Completely. of course. Yep. But nutrition is one of those factors. It really is. So I think at the moment, you've got doctors who are trying to do that because they're interested. Yeah. Okay, so they've realized actually with the tools that they've got at their disposal, mm. some of our patients were just not able to help very well. Totally, yeah. We may not have the luxury of having nutrition professionals You've who got we 10 can refer to. As well, sometimes you don't have a lot, enough time. Yeah, so I just think some form of training, mm. um, and you know, there's obviously a big debate what that training should yeah. be, I think is necessary. Mm. One thing I have done is with a colleague is we've created a course called Prescribing Lifestyle Medicine. Mm-hmm. In 2018, it was accredited by the Royal College of GPs. Okay. We're figuring out what we're going to do next year. Um, but we must have taught about 400 healthcare professionals oh, this year. Great. Now, the key point is we're not teaching them about nutrition. Mm. You know, we're not trying to... to um, but they need to know. The thing is, I kind of see what you're saying because they need to ha- be able to identify things that are related to nutrition in the first place. Yeah, and look, just as every problem, we see a lot of neurological problems in general practice. Yeah. We don't refer them all to neurologists. A lot of them we handle ourselves. Mm. It's only when we need that extra expertise yeah. that we refer on to the specialist. And yeah. I see it very much in the same way with nutrition in that at the moment it's doctors who've got an interest are trying to get more information yeah. in it. Yeah. But we need to move it out where it's actually where every doctor is learning the basics rather than yeah. it just being left to those who've got that interest. 100%. Um, but, but the course we run is, you know, the feedback is is incredible. You know, yeah. it's pretty much 100% of, of attendees would highly recommend it Aww. to their colleagues. And we put Great. a lot of time and effort into that. Yeah. But we what we're teaching is how food, movement, sleep and relaxation are all big lifestyle factors mm. that... I think have a really big impact on the way that we're feeling. Well, but, they really do. I mean, but like, also that we've got control yeah. over yes, to a certain we degree, do. and yeah. I think that's the key. And so that is the key. And I think even at this time of year, because obviously Christmas has been and gone, and we're looking at that kind of thing now, and people are going into diets they feel sluggish and like you've just said all those lifestyle factors that obviously plays a huge role I mean I don't know about you but a lot of people out there right now are focusing on weight loss it's being bashed about left right and center at the moment but as you've just discussed from what you teach on your course not everything is just about weight loss and it's the biggest new year's resolution Rongan. I mean that's what people tend to pick I mean what would your new year's resolution be what would my new year's resolution be <laughs> I think it's I think learning how to say no more. I love that one. I think that's the most important thing for me is, and and I know you can resonate with this, but there's so much um, demand on Mm -hmm. time and there's so many great opportunities and all of them are really good opportunities that are going to help people because that's what drives me to do what what I'm doing. I really want to help and empower 
inspire and empower as many people as possible to take control of their health. Yeah. But at some point, I, I also recognize I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a family man. I love my wife. I yeah. love my two kids, yeah. and I love spending time with them. And yeah. like everyone, trying to find that balance. So oh. learning how to say no. Oh, I think that's great because you can see where your passion stems from. And like you said before, what's obviously happened to you in your journey into discovering the world of health in general, on top of just um, a medical basis, the whole lifestyle, the four pillars, as you say in your book. I think that's hugely important. But a lot of people, and I think even you've spoken about the biggest weight problem stemming from the fact that we've been conditioned to see it as a singular goal. When actually, if we're looking at other side effects of of living well, that that would be one, surely. It's very controversial, though. It it, it is controversial because I get it. So Mm. many people are trying to lose weight. And so that becomes the big focal point. Exactly. Like, I want to lose weight. Especially this time of year. Yeah. And I do understand that. But the flip side is, when you focus on creating health, you feel better. You've got more energy. You're able to have... um, better relationships more meaningful relationships with those people around you you can concentrate better at work you can sleep better Mm. you can do more fun things at the weekends i love that (laughs) and weight loss happens to be a side effect but i also do recognize we've got to meet people where they're at if you know if a if a client comes into your clinic or comes into my practice and uh, if i see a patient who wants to lose weight Mm then I kind of feel I've also got to meet them where they're at and go, okay, well, that's your goal. Yeah. Fine, let me help you. Exactly. But I think you're also going to get these other benefits as well. Well, it's being it's being kind and compassionate. And I think there's also the realistic angle of it. So like you were saying before, I mean, I've got my four hours in my book, Renourish, which are really similar to your, your yeah. pillars. And we need to help people understand that it is a bigger picture, like you said. They can reach their goals, but it has to be a realistic one. And the problem with a lot of media... Um, correspondence or reporting in the new year is that there's one set size one set shape one set goal if you're x weight you should be this weight and I struggle with that a lot in my clinic but I can imagine it must be really hard for you as well as a GP in a position like that because we have to use unfortunately we we do have to use BMI sometimes as a measure don't we Um, and we both know that has its pros and it has its cons how do you find as a health professional in that situation how do you find a kind of middle ground on on those kind of things look I think many things have pros and cons even messaging Mm. that we put out there to the public um, whether it's on social media whether it's on tv channels whether it's in books some people resonate with it some people don't yeah Uh, and I've you know you do this for enough years, you learn that actually not everyone tends to respond to the same message. No. What what someone really likes is, you know, someone else will find that offensive. And it's really yeah. tricky. Oh, it's hard, isn't it? Especially in an online world as well. It, it, it is incredibly <laughs> tricky. And I think we've, we've got to be careful. Um, mm. But you can also be too careful where sometimes I find myself not saying anything because you're trying to caveat so much you're like, well, hold on a minute. Did I actually say anything of, of, of meaning there? And uh, so it's tricky. But in clinic, um, mm. if someone comes in and, they, and their BMI is too high, yeah. often they will say, yeah, but, you know, this is a ridiculous measurement, isn't it? And I really sort of, yes, we have to use it. But with everything I do, I try to take a common sense approach and say, yeah. okay, fine. You know, that's the BMI. Let's just park that then. Mm-hmm. in the corner what do you think is going on yes. what do you want help with yeah. how can I help you yeah and, and I recognize that for some people BMI is not the best measurement no but you know for some people they need it, something tangible and it's, yeah. it's a goal isn't and it for some people actually yeah. it's not bad no 
And, yeah. you know, sometimes it's that actually we don't want to hear what the BMI says <laughs> um, rather yeah. than it being a poor measurement. Yeah. And I've got to, you know, just to be clear, I accept it's not a brilliant measurement for many of we us. We all know there's pros and cons, like we've just said. Exactly. And you even said that around 70 and 90% of your GP consultations are related to stress. That's quite a big thing, isn't it? I mean, why do you think that's affecting so many of us today? Yeah, well, well that stat comes from a 2013 paper uh, that was published in America mm. that says up to you know, up to 70, well, between 70 and 90% yeah. of all consultations that go to a GP practice are in some way related to stress, oh, which is a staggering statistic. But I'll tell mm. you why that is. So you, if you think about this, the sort of symptoms I see with my patients every day seem quite unrelated. Yeah. Anxiety, um, fatigue, insomnia, inability to concentrate, mm-hmm. poor memory, low libido, yeah. even gut problems, which you will see in clinic a lot, oh, gut problems yeah. like irritable bowel syndrome. Tons, more ever than before, actually. High blood pressure, type 2 diabetes, mm. obesity, all these things, okay, actually we can, if we go upstream, we can see that stress is a key driver for all of them. So why is that? Well, the reason is, is because our stress response evolved in a very different era to the era we're living in today. Yes. You know, two million years ago, we needed our stress response to keep us safe. To run from the lions. Today we run from, well, we get stuck we run in traffic from jams. Yeah, we do. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and it's, it's, it's how these short-term responses that help us run from the lion, mm. which are brilliant, you know, because stress turns us into the best version of ourselves. Yeah. So not all stress is bad. A Thank little... you for saying that. Can we touch on that a little bit more, that not all stress is bad? Because it is a natural response. It's a natural response. It's there for a reason. It's there mm. to protect us. It's there to keep us safe. So for for example, if you're running from a tiger, right? Love it. Or a lion. Yes. Well, let's, or, let's go tiger to be different. I always say lion. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's go, go tiger. tiger. Okay. Let's go tiger. Running from tiger. Running from a tiger, right? <laughs> so what happens? Well, first of all, sugar starts pouring into your bloodstream. Yeah. That's going to help you run faster. That's a good thing. Your emotional brain, your amygdala, okay, goes on high alert. So you're mm. hypervigilant because in that moment, you need to be hypervigilant yes. for threats around you. That's a good thing. Yeah. Your brain starts to think a bit more sharp, sharper. Great. Cortisol, a little bit of cortisol, which is a stress response hormone, mm-hmm. helps us think a little bit better. Mm. That's a good thing. Exactly. Your blood becomes prone to clotting. In case you get attacked, Okay, it means you won't bleed to death. That's interesting. Yeah. So these are all Ooh. appropriate responses. Your blood yeah. pressure goes up. Yeah, Why? Yeah. Because, because more blood goes to your yeah, brain. Yeah. Right? These are good things. But mm. you flip that and say, well... In the short term, all of those things are brilliant. Yeah. But if you are responding like that to everything in your life... To an Instagram message or a tweet. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, no. you, know we, you must know, as I do, mm. uh, how how it feels when you sometimes get a snar- you know, a snarly comment oh, on goodness. social media. It can feel quite personal sometimes. It's like a little attack. And I don't think it matters who you are. Everyone Everyone's is vulnerable to, to that. Everyone's vulnerable. Exactly. Yeah. That's just the way off the world. Yeah. But so if we just look at those things that we mentioned, so sugar pouring into your bloodstream... Uh, it's okay for half an hour if it's to help you run faster. Exactly. It's happening every day. It's when you're lead sat to down at your desk. Weight gain, fatigue, mm-hmm. and ultimately type 2 diabetes. Of you talk about blood clotting, right? Yeah. So in the short term, your blood being hypercoagulable, so it clots. Mm. Brilliant if you get cuts. But if that's happening day in, day out, so that's yeah. what ultimately leads to heart attacks and strokes. And I think so many people aren't aware of that, that even when they're hearing traffic outside and they can't focus and they're getting agitated, they could be releasing a stress response. They could be releasing a stress response. Mm. Anxiety, right? Mm. Anxiety. What did I say happened in the short term? In the short yeah. term, your emotional brain, your amygdala, goes on to high alert, mm. hypervigilant. That's great. Yeah. But if that's happening every day, 
Suddenly, yeah. that's what we call anxiety. Yeah. Right. We 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 every little thing's a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, we get a uh, an email from our boss, and suddenly we think, actually, we're going to get fired now. Oh no. Or an innocent <laughs> glance in the corridor. Oh, it's like, oh, were they staring at me? Yeah. You know, and yeah, I'm exaggerating slightly to make the point, which is these are responses that yeah. help us in the short term but they harm us in the long term. And unfortunately, I think they are more chronic now. They are lasting longer and longer daily, day in, day out. It's common parlance now, where it's mm. sort of for people to yeah. say, most days you'll, you'll go around, you'll see friends or you'll talk to people and say, hey, how are you doing? Yeah, yeah, I'm all right, actually. Not too bad. A little bit stressed, but I'm okay. Oh, goodness. I feel like I say that and that's bad. I yeah. feel like but, I but say But that's how time. common it is now. Yes. That's why the World Health Organization yes. calls stress the health epidemic of the 21st century. Mm. And I mentioned lack of libido, right? Yes, just, yeah, talk so about that. That is something, as a GP, I'm seeing more and more. Really? I'm seeing it in younger patients now. I'm seeing mm. it in both males and females yeah. in a way that I just wasn't seeing five years ago or certainly not 10 years ago, mm. but much more than even five years ago. Mm. And if we think about that running from the tiger, mm. in that moment, We basically divert resource to the body for the things that are essential for survival, but we shut off the things that we don't need. Of course, which is that. You're running from a tiger. You don't need to be able to be chilled out to procreate with your partner. No, you don't need your libido. So you switch it off. Same thing with your gut. You're running away from wine. You don't need digestion. No. Right? So gut problems are on the rise. Oh, I talk about this all the time with the blood flow being drawn away from the area where we need it the most. And of course, more people will suffer from IBS symptoms and irritability. And food is a big part of that. No question. But With my IBS patients, I can't get them fully better until they rested. Unless I deal with a stress response yeah. as well. So we need to get everybody into more of what I would call a parasympathetic nervous state. So we want people to slow down, not be so alerted all the time. But this is the big, big dilemma. As you've said, most people are coming to you now of lower libido. Do you think also the rise of social media and the more we're looking at our phones at the same time is contributing to that as well? One hundred percent. There's no question. So yeah. In my book, The Stress Solution, I, I split stress up into four key areas, okay. four super highways that exist in the modern world yeah. that I think is, is a useful way to simplify okay. um, Let's go through those. how we look so, at stress. Well, you, you mentioned technology. Yeah. So yeah. we're living in an era, aren't we, where mm. we're told we're more connected than ever before, mm. right? And that may be the case in the digital sense, but when we're talking about real, deep, human, meaningful connection. Oh dear, yeah. We've never been this disconnected. I agree. You know, isolation is on the rise. Loneliness is reaching epidemic proportions now. Some studies are saying that if you are lonely, that is as harmful for your health as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Oh, that is a terrifying statistic. But that is because we have grown up in tribes. Humans have evolved in tribes. We're meant to be social creatures. If you're out of the tribe, okay, that you are that is a threat to you so yeah. your body changes so there's a study from uh, professor george slavich at the university mm-hmm. of uh, ucla yeah is 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 studies a field called social genomics okay what's incredible about this is that he has shown that if you are socially rejected mm. in some sort of situation whether it's splitting up with a partner yeah. or you're made to feel bad in a social setting yeah, bullied at school or that kind of thing within 45 minutes your genetic expression changes wow you get more mm. inflamed mm. simply from loneliness yeah so stress is a big cause here. you mentioned technology well yeah. i think even when we have interactions with those people close to us mm. whether it's our children our partner our work colleagues, let's say, let's hope we're close to our work colleagues. Yes. (laughs) Um, Often we're distracted. Of course. We're looking at our phone. We're thinking Mm. about our emails. We're not present. No. It doesn't take much. The 
you know, this all sounds quite alarming, but there are such simple things that people can do that, that, that literally take minutes. And But we have to make it, in a way, things have to almost be a little bit alarming in order for us to yeah. actually want to do something about it in the first place. Absolutely. And so these little things that we can do, so with technology, obviously cutting down the amount of technology we use, that's more easy said than done. Massively. And, and we talk about relationships. Yeah. Uh, I, it's quite provocative. And in the book, I made the case that actually... We're, many of us who are in relationships yeah. are having eye affairs with our smartphone <laughs> uh, in the sense that we know the, um, how can I put it? We know the curvy contours of yes. our smartphone and we touch them more than we do our partners. Oh, it's, oh, my hands are at my mouth right now, anyone listening. I'm in, it's so true. But it's true. I think it's so true. I, this, is not, this is not about criticising people. No. I am guilty of this I as well. I do too. In my bed at night. I, so I've actually had to put a phone curfew and move my phone to the other room now because I just can't have it. Well, you have bedroom. to, because you, you have this, this, this real modern situation <laughs> yeah. where, let's say, there's, a, there's two partners in bed, mm-hmm. in a double bed. Mm-hmm. They're next to each other physically. But if they're both on their phones and solid in their own worlds, they could literally be on other sides of the planet because everything's personalized. We can watch our own feed, our own Netflix. You know, everything is so personalized. But have we lost connection? So I think, you know, in terms of technology, technology shouldn't go anywhere because it's brilliant. It is. It's wonderful. We just need to have some rules around it. So I I think a really good thing is to protect the start of your day Mm -hmm. and protect the end of your day. Nice tips, yeah. Uh, So you bookend it with some quiet, tech-free time. I try Um, and encourage my clients to do that in the morning when they wake up. Instead of, you know, reaching for their phone, just just play some music. Just do something else. Walk into the kitchen. Just have a cup of water. Just a cup of tea. Anything. 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 anything And what really helps people is to buy an alarm clock because oh, I know. the reality is if the phone's there so I do try and live and breathe what I preach yep. the reality is you know I stayed in London overnight last mm. in a hotel so yep. I was using my phone late mm. I woke up and I looked at my phone and I just haven't quite been as calm no. and as rested today yeah. but when I'm at home my phone charges in a different yeah. room and I've, I've recently got into a habit finally I think I'm on about day 60 now <laughs> well of done. a morning routine great <laughs> uh, and, and I think morning routines are really important they're such a great way for yeah. people to you know I think more- reconnect because I've seen you walking in nature in the morning I remember on your social media um this goes to how much research I've done before you yeah, come on the bubble, but you used, to do, used to do these walks through don't you live and you're very lucky to live near quite a rural area from what I've seen so it's nice to actually get some fresh yeah, air. Yeah, I think I sometimes would post if I've dropped my son at school or my yeah. daughter at school and if I've, if I've got 15 minutes, instead of walking the urban way back, yeah. I'll walk through the common. That's great. And yeah. it's just a different, you know, we know, actually, we talk about nature. Yeah. Simply being in nature lowers your stress levels. Yeah, totally. Nature's got this, it, when I was writing the book, I was researching this thing called, have you heard of fractals? Tell me. The fractals are a geometric shape that you mm-hmm. only get in nature. Love it. Right? So you see it in trees, yeah. in woods, uh, coastlines. Great. Um, you know, you see it when you're in nature yeah. simply by looking at fractals. Amazing. Right? Our cortisol levels, which are will awesome, decrease, yeah. They, they go down. Yeah. So nature literally de-stresses us. And it's important we keep them going down because when we wake up in the morning, they're naturally high to keep us alert, to get us awake, and then yeah. they're meant to dip throughout the day, but we're obviously stimulating it all the time. Yeah, so a simple tip for people would be, can you get a daily dose of nature? Love it. Right? Even if it's five or ten minutes. Like at mm. lunchtime, for example... Can you put the phone in the drawer and go for a 10-minute walk around the block? Ideally, if you've got a bit of parkland oh, nearby. And please don't eat your lunch at your desk. Please, Absolutely. please. Yeah, because <laughs> that's, that's eating in a stress state. Totally. So you're not going to be digesting as well as you would otherwise. Yeah. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Um, the, the one thing I want to say on morning routines, which yeah. is why I think they're so important, is that we've all got what I call a personal stress threshold. Mm-hmm. And that will change from day to day. So basically, we can deal with multiple stresses mm. up until a point. Yeah, breaking point. And I call these these little stress doses in my book, I call them micro stress doses or MSDs. So we can deal with, you know, an, an amount of MSDs, but if we have too many, mm. suddenly we get near our stress threshold and suddenly we become irrational. We yes. get anxious. Yes. We can't cope with anything. You know, yeah. someone cuts us up on the street. Suddenly we're in road rage yeah. rather than being calm about yeah. it. And I say a one way that you can leave your house in the morning further away from your stress threshold mm. than you would have been otherwise is to have a morning routine, have mm. a bit of phone-free time in the morning. Yeah. And it can it can take five minutes yeah. or it can take an hour if you've got the luxury yeah. of an hour. But it, for me, it makes I, a huge I think it should include three M's, what I call the yeah. three M's of a okay. morning routine. Yeah. Yeah. Meditation, lovely, movement, mm-hmm. and mindset. Perfect. And I've got some patients doing literally two minutes on each. Yeah. Um, at the moment, I've got to say, I'm really enjoying it. I yeah. do 10 minutes on, on the car map. So although mm-hmm. it's phone, it, though it's on my phone, I've got my phone in airplane mode. Nice. Yeah. So I can't see text. I can't go on yeah. social media. So I do 10 no minutes alerts. on the Calm Meditation app. Then I do my, that's the first M. Yeah. Then I do my movement. So that, that can sometimes be two minutes, sometimes 10 minutes. It depends what I've yeah, got. Yeah, honestly, people listening, movement doesn't have to be, you don't just have to go to a gym. Let's just emphasize that. It can be yeah. anything. Let's just get you moving. I just move my hips from side yeah, to side. Yeah, yeah. I do yeah. a few stretches. A I might do some shoulder rolls. Really mm-hmm. Maybe a couple of yoga poses. Yeah. Sometimes my kids, particularly my daughter, have come down at this time. Yeah. And I, I really try and get it done before they oh, do. Can we touch on that? Because, um, and then tell me about your third M. But I read somewhere that at home before dinner you your wife and your children always do something active together like animal movement on the floor and I love this or dancing and squats in the kitchen do, do you still do yeah, that? Yeah we do so Great. this is how crazy I am so <laughs> I one of the things I really try and do as a parent and I'm not perfect right I, mm. I like all parents out there I'm oh, trying Ranga, to do the no best what, no one is that no I can is, yeah. but I sort of feel you know health and well-being nutrition and lifestyle mm. it's really what I stand for it's everything I do in public and I try and live and breathe it so yeah. 
I have learned this as a parent, that kids don't do what you tell them to do. They do what they see you do. Mm. And They're like little sponges. They really are. So yeah. we make it, you know, I make a big habit of we either do squats together. So my wife doesn't always join in, if I'm honest. She, she <laughs> finds it a little bit irritating. She's probably got a lot to be doing She's got a lot with. to do and she finds it irritating. But <laughs> yeah. sometimes we'll have the music on, we'll be dancing. Yeah. Or my daughter will be like, Daddy, Daddy, come on, let's do our squats. So we'll all be there <laughs> doing 20 squats together while dinner's been served out. Yeah. Um, in the summer, we're often in the garden doing animal moves. Right, and we just call it out like crap, frog. Yeah. <laughs> and literally two or three minutes, and we feel great and we're laughing and we're connecting. Yeah, it's not, that's so nice to do as a family. Yeah, I, I love it. Yeah. I absolutely love it. And that's what, when I'm doing my morning routine and my daughter's come the down movement, and, she, yeah. and she's just turned six, she will often do the movements with me. Aww. And then the final M is mindset. So that, yes. that's just to put you in a positive frame of mind. It yes. could be reading an uplifting book, totally. listening to some music. But what I do with my daughter are affirmations. So oh. just short, concise statements that help to feed your your brain information that everything's good, that everything's, mm. you know, that you're not under attack, that you mm. don't have to mount a stress response. So mm. the one we do at the moment is I'm happy, I'm calm, I'm stress-free. And we hold hands together and we say that for two minutes. Yeah. And I tell you, this sounds cheesy, right? No, it sounds I, a bit woo-woo. <laughs> but we feel she's laughing at the end. I'm laughing at the end. Yeah. At the end of that, I feel so calm. Yes. And that effect lasts for the whole day. And that's important. And let me tell you, listening, that affirmations, I think they do work as well. It's something I've sworn by my entire career. I mean, even as a career as a singer, before I, I became a nutritionist, that was a terrible industry to be in. Absolutely terrible. Um, I'm sure it's changed now. I want to try and stay positive. But I would tell myself lovely things each day, like what matters is I've got a roof over my head. I'm happy. I'm healthy. It's little things, isn't it, that you can manifest things. Well, your brain is always responding to the environment around it. Mm. This is why social media can be problematic for so many people because even if we know that, oh, this is the highlights reel, yeah. um, this is their best bit, you know what? Our brain is just feed, is just taken in and going, actually, that is what normal life is. Oh, yeah. My life is rubbish compared to that. Yeah. But it's the same thing with affirmations, right? Mm. Our brain is always responding. Totally. So if you feed it positive information yep. regularly, yep. your brain starts to think, hey, everything's good. Mm. You know, this is why I don't watch the news that. anymore. No, I, I don't I don't either. watch it. I have to read it somewhere if I need to keep up to date. But I no. know it's tricky because yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to be obsessed with the news. No, it's, it puts me in a bad mood in the morning. Yeah. I would rather watch Lorraine Kelly if I'm out that late. I'm never up that late in the morning. I'm always yeah, out exactly. the house. Exactly. But... So and there actually is a bit of, there's a whole chapter yeah. in my book on affirmations. I, call, I think the chapter's called Affirmations for Breakfast. Yeah, and lovely. There's a bit of science in there about mm. how you know undergraduate students yep. who did affirmations perform better in their exams. They could solve Great. problems better. Affirmations work. Yes. Okay. Everyone, I want you to all pick an affirmation. Okay. Start it tomorrow when you listen to this. I think what you've touched on, Rangan, is so important because I'm often asked, "How am I so positive?" A lot of the time, or my mindset. And and you are. Have... You're very positive. Well, that's that's very kind. But I think it's just the way I I like living my life, and it doesn't mean I'm positive all the time. For anyone listening, I have terrible moments and stressful days as we've said too but I believe that it's definitely something to do with brain chemistry and how you you can control that surely we are in a position where we can and why do you think other medical professionals aren't taking this nutrition lifestyle thing as seriously perhaps as you are and a few of your friends and colleagues why do you think there's still a bit of a, a I don't know a reluctance to join in on this yeah, it's, I, think, I think it's a great question. And I think about this a lot. I'd have to say that, first of all, we're not taught any of this stuff. 
Yeah, yeah, it's less okay. than six hours, isn't it? That's or... nutrition. If yeah. you want to talk about movement oh, or gosh, yeah. sleep science or stress mm. science, I, I don't recall any of that. Wow. Right? And so therefore, if it's not on your radar, you don't give it any attention. We're, that's what that's human course, nature. Of course right? it is. So therefore, yeah. we are very much trained a pharmaceutical model of care. Mm. So therefore, our priority will always be that until education changes. And I think yeah. medical education worked 20, 30 years ago, because I think the bulk of the conditions we used to see were acute problems that responded pretty well to our magic bullet interventions. Mm. The problem now is the health landscape of the UK has changed. So the mm. bulk of what we're now seeing, in my opinion, is chronic conditions that are driven by our collective modern lifestyles. I'm not putting blame on people because I get that it's very hard to not. live a healthy lifestyle in the world that we currently well, live in. Well, I think people grow up now, like you said, in the world we live in now, there's loads of different terms thrown around. It's not the same for everyone, but an obesogenic environment or environments that don't encourage movement. They, You know, everything's on our doorstep. People may wake up, drive to work, sit down all day, drive home. And then when you're at work, let's say the vending machine is the only access to food that's there if you haven't been organised that day and all you can get is a chocolate bar or a can of Coke and then you're not sleeping because your boss is thrown a deadline on you so exactly that's a classic person's day i'm sure listening we've all had days like that yeah so so i think the yeah. the, the, the thing the reality is we're not taught about it so no. most doctors who are showing an interest in this area not all of them but most of them have had a personal experience of some sort mm. whether it's their own health or a family member's health which has forced them to go wait a minute is mm. there something else i could be doing mm. and we've got to move it from being just people who are interested in it to being the whole medical profession. I agree. You know, this course that I run, yeah. um, you know, we've trained 400 docs this year. That's you know, great. we're hoping to do maybe 750 in, yeah. in sorry, we, that was in last year. Yes. This year, we're hoping to train 750 doctors. Yes. Uh, we've got one course at the end of January. It's already pretty much sold out. So there Amazing. is such a thirst for it from healthcare professionals, from mm. doctors. And you know what? I mean, straight after this meeting, I'm I'm going uh, to Westminster to to meet the special advisor to the health secretary, That's and I'm wonderful. gonna yeah. I'm gonna talk to him and see. You know, they've invited me it. in and want to hear about the work. I want to tell mm. them about this stuff, and I really feel that we can really help save the NHS, take mm-hmm. a lot of pressure off the NHS, and more and more importantly get people feeling better well this is the thing i think like you say when they feel better they're happier they're more likely to adopt healthy behaviors and i think a lot of it is obviously psychological there's a lot of psychological interventions that need to be woven alongside the whole lifestyle thing it all encompasses one big massive circle doesn't it there's one big whole picture and with lifestyle related diseases i mean like you've just said diabetes heart disease it is costing the nhs around 20 billion a year it's just incredible. Uh, but but we, uh, can I just say that when we talk about lifestyle, mm. everyone talks about type 2 diabetes. Everyone talks about obesity. Mm. I get that. But there's more, like you say. But there's more. There's even things yeah. like so many headaches can be got like better. Like the stress, yeah. Um, yeah. Migraines. There's a, there's a, um, I got a tweet from a consultant pediatrician at Birmingham Children's uh-huh. Hospital just a few weeks ago saying that they're using my first book, The Four Pillar Plan, in clinic, three kids who have previously had headaches that weren't responding to treatments, yeah. they've got better using the principles in that. But So Brilliant. I'm really passionate that once you start getting the basics right, creating good health, mm. we're not focused on that in healthcare. We're focused on diseases, mm. right? This is about focusing on creating good health in the body. And you find that lots of downstream things, mm. whether it's headaches, 
why yeah. sometimes joint aches can often get better. I agree. And I think it's the same in I can obviously relate from a nutrition perspective where I'm fed up with people seeing nutrition as a diet or a restriction or something that has to be changed rather than a celebration of the wonderful access to things that we're lucky enough to have in this country a lot of the time. And that plays into a big part of how people how people perceive health as well. You know, health looks different to everyone, doesn't it? Absolutely. And the, the key thing about health is, for me, and I thought long and hard about this before I launched my podcast, mm, actually, which I call yeah. Feel Better, Live More. It, yeah, I love the name. And yeah. I think it really encompasses everything I'm about, which is mm. health matters mm. to each and every single one of us. And the reason it matters because it is because I think it's it's the vehicle to live your best life. Exactly. If you feel good in yourself, your relationships are better. You've got more energy. Mm. You can do more of the things that you want to do. Mm. You can do more hobbies. You you know, you're not restricted. But you talk to people and, you know, I've been seeing patients now for nearly 18 yeah. years. Tens of thousands of patients. And you see the impact that poor health has, mm. not only on their physical health, but the way they feel about themselves. Totally. It impacts their relationships. So what would you do, Rongan, if you were put in charge of the NHS now? What would you do? What change? I'm just putting you on the spot because I think, wow, what could you do with that money they're spending on, you know, X, Y, Z? Let's think of something. How would you implement a change? I've literally put you on the spot there. Yeah, well, you know what? The, the thing I would do, the, 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 what I would probably do is try and spread this knowledge about this four pillar health framework mm. to every single person. Yeah. And what, I'm, what I mean by that is simply this. I think food movement, but equally important, sleep and relaxation mm -hmm. are the four core pillars of health. You don't need perfection exactly. in any one of them, but you need to do a little bit in each of them. To have a big result. And for people listening, I would, I would literally say this. If you've been struggling with your health mm. and you're trying to improve it, and yes, I'm sure you're listening to Reed's podcast because you want to learn about nutrition, mm. and that is brilliant. But I would say to you, look at those four pillars in your own life. Totally. Which pillar do you think you need the most work in? Yeah. Because we all intuitively know, for me, it's the relaxation pillar. Oh, me too. Me and too. I would say, do you know what? Start there. Pick mm. something small and yeah. start there. And I think that's when you'll get the most, most, most benefits. I think that's wonderful. Now, we've actually had a lot of questions from my followers. Okay. So I've put it out there. Are you ready to answer a few of these? Yeah, I'm a bit fuzzy headed today. Well, let's know, see what I've, happens. I have been asking a lot of you from this. Um, let's try. So Fiona. She said, can I take a supplement to get out of bed quicker and have more energy in the morning? You know what? I wouldn't have thought that that's the best way of doing it. If you can't get out of bed, mm. there's probably another reason for it. It could be the sleep, mm -hmm. what time you go to bed. It could be sleep quality. It could be the fact that you're looking at your phone potentially just before you totally. go to bed, which yeah. does reduce how much deep sleep you get. Mm -hmm. So... I think you should be looking somewhere else. Yeah, I agree. And Fiona, remember, no supplement will ever replace a good diet either. So just try and try and focus on, like Rongan said, all those aspects. So Anne has said, what kind of nice tasting detox do you recommend? Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, wow. I, I don't think uh -uh. I quite follow the question in terms no. of what, what is a nice tasting mm. detox. I mean, the word detox can be interpreted by... By yeah. so many people in so many different ways. Lots of people use it to say, hey, in January, you know what? I'm going to sort of detox my life. I'm I going know. to I'm going to get back on board the health mm. train. Um, and but to us, obviously, detoxification happens in the liver anyway. So for, yeah, if we're looking at it that way. It, it just depends what people mean yeah, by that. So context. I would say, look, 
just you know i don't know about anything and how it tastes particularly i would say use the four pillar health framework and focus on the pillar you need the most help with i I agree with that one so philip what's your biggest spend on health that was a good question you know i've never been asked that before what's my biggest spend on health god think about what mine would be as well i don't know you know what i think we spend i think you know i'm i've got first of all i'm gonna say i'm very lucky because um you know, I've got a job which, mm. uh, you know, I, I can afford to buy the foods that I want to buy. Yes. And I recognise not everyone is in that position. No, we're very fortunate. But for me, I'd say we spend a lot of money on good quality foods. I'm always trying to buy the freshest. Um, yeah. I personally do try and buy organic vegetables mm. when I can yeah. uh, for a number of reasons, including environmental reasons. Mm. Um, but I appreciate that not everyone can do. So I'd say, Philip... It's probably <laughs> my food bill. Yeah, no, very, I think mine would be food as well there. Um, Alex has said, how do you get your children interested in staying fit and healthy? My boys are addicted to their PlayStation. Okay, so fit and healthy can mean many different things. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to model good behavior primarily. I think if they see you you know, working out or having fun or trying to get active, they will respond to that. Next tip would be, I've got a rainbow chart uh, that's oh, I love free the to download chart. from my website. I yeah. don't know the exact link. Maybe, I don't know if you do show notes, yeah, we can put it on website, there. It's on my website. Yeah. If you just Google Dr. Chatterjee rainbow charts, yeah. literally thousands of families around the country have printed that off, put it on their fridge. And what I do every single dinner time with my children and my wife we try and tick off how many colours we've got. And so I tell cool. you, kids want to get their colours. Yeah. So sometimes the motivating factor for my son to get a pepper out, a yeah. red pepper, and eat it, <laughs> it's, not, red. it's not because I said lycopene is good for your heart, son. <laughs> it's because he wants his red tick. So print that off and give it a go. Oh, oh, brilliant. Alex, please do download that. In fact, everybody should be using a rainbow chart if you've got a family at home. So the last one. Oh, this is an interesting question for you. Oh. Holly has said, I work a full-time job, but really keen to learn more about nutrition and health. What short course courses should you recommend, or should I do a degree? Well, yeah, wow, that's yeah. A, that's a tricky question. I mean, there's so many mm, courses out, out there. there. You you are probably, I'm guessing, more yeah. qualified to answer that, Ray. Really, I, oh, I should have, well, I would always. The thing is, with it depends what you want to do with it. I don't actually. If you want to advise people, I think there's no shortcuts. I think you should invest in in a degree or educating yourself to the maximum. I think, um, Holly, but. In all honesty, um, there's no harm in learning either. So if you can fit a short course in because you just want to learn something and, and have, have a bit of knowledge to make an informed choice, that's great too. Yeah. But all, all your book on yeah, nutrition, yeah, that would be a good start. So I, I try to put some simple principles in, yeah. in, in my first book, The Four Pillar Plan. on, yeah. And these are just simple ways of yeah. just learning and seeing if you've got an interest, seeing, totally. oh, that makes sense. I want to learn more. Or exactly. actually, that's enough for me. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So we're now moving on to my favourite part of the podcast, wow. which is the quick fire round. Right, let's go. <laughs> Are you so ready? The, what does that, does that mean? I just have to give short, succinct answers. Okay, so the guests have been mixed on this. Some have given quite long answers, some short, but the idea is quick fire. Okay, I will okay. try Are you my ready? best. Yes. Okay, what's always in your fridge? Kale. <laughs> so, um, you can only have one kitchen gadget. What would it be? Sharp knife. Love it. Signature homemade dish. Ooh. Roasted Mediterranean vegetables. Oh, I love that one. Um, <laughs> favorite restaurant. Favorite restaurant. This is hard. It can be anywhere in the world. Uh, I would probably say 
I quite like Indigo in London, actually, where I, I went last been night. There. Where is that? That is at One Old Witch. Okay. And I've been a couple of times and I really enjoy it. So, nice. yes, I'd say that one at the moment. One Old Witch. Gosh, that takes. I used to have uh, meetings there back in there the day. Yeah, there I'm we sure go. there were other restaurants as well. That's the one that yeah. came into mind. And maybe because I had dinner there last night. <laughs> so, that's probably. why I'm saying that. No, well, give them a good shout out. Um, right. One food you could not live without sweet potatoes. Mm, really nice choice. Yeah. Do you have them daily, do you? We have Good them a lot. Th- yeah. You know? And for me, if 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 I'm yeah, if my wife's away or she's out yeah. and I've got the kids, I like to cook things that are simple, <laughs> healthy, nutritious, but things that I can put on and also play with the kids while oh, they're yeah. cooking. You can tuck it in the oven and leave it. So that's my classic Great. thing. It's like, oh daddy's cooking, it's gonna be sweet potatoes. So <laughs> shove it in the oven and then we play Sorry, for kids. fifteen minutes and then we go and eat. <laughs> At least they taste good. Um, strangest food you've ever eaten? I'm trying to think what it is. You know, I was yeah. uh, I was a um, I was a guest judge for the final of the Great British Menu this year, yeah. and I got to have nine phenomenal starters in a row, which is just I'm incredible. so jealous. Oh, yeah, I, I felt like the luckiest guy. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. it was just so incredible. Wow. And you know, I can't even remember the names, but there was. You know, the way those guys describe yeah, food. Yeah. I don't even have the vocab to talk about food in those. Did they make those... mousses out of beetroot and yeah, all that exactly. kind of stuff? And it would have been yeah. something that I had there. It was just frankly Divine. incredible. The wow. textures, the depth, yeah. it was just amazing. So I'd probably have to say one of those dishes. Amazing. What is your go-to healthy dish in a rush? Please don't say sweet potato. <laughs> no, no, I won't. Go-to healthy dish in a rush is probably, you mean cooking at yeah. home? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'd probably say something like um, a quick pan-fried wild salmon. Nice. And I'll shove in some kale and... Because it's always in the fridge. Because it's always in the fridge. <laughs> so yeah, it's quick because you can do wild salmon, which just takes what, about six minutes. Perfect. Like pan-fried, yeah, three minutes nothing. each side. Yeah. Steam some kale at the same yeah. time. And I don't know, if I'm in a real rush, often we've got rice kicking around in the fridge and I might just, Bruh. it's not the perfect combo, no, no. but I'll shove that in. I, I do something similar. I like that. Sounds good. Um, who is your biggest cooking inspiration? I'd have to say my mum. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, I'd have to say my mum. Oh, let's give a shout out to Rangan's mum because <laughs> she obviously inspired you in the kitchen. That's lovely. Um, and what was your favourite childhood treat? Favourite one? Oh, it's coming to me now, actually. What was fail- uh, You know what? My mum used to make this, now and again on special occasions, this coconut prawn curry in this red pan that was just rich and tasty. Mm. That's the thing that's coming to mind. She'd also sometimes make like strawberry pavlova. Oh, wow. On, like on my birthday. Yeah. And I really used yeah. to love that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so those are probably the dishes from my mum that come into mind. So nice that you've mentioned something from your mum because most people go straight to pick a mix. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. Like in a pot, like one of those ju- um, penny sweet things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not... Your mum is... Oh, gosh, she's done a good job, hasn't <laughs> she? Um, okay, the last question. What was the last thing you tried for the first time? Food-wise or anything-wise? I think we're going to stick with food because the, the consensus uh, has been food. Yeah. Consensus has been food. Oh, man. Because otherwise it could literally be anything. What was the thing I tried? Man, you've got me here. I know. It's such an odd question as well. The last thing you tried... For the first time. The last thing you try for the first time. Okay, what is it? <laughs> this is how boring my diet is. Um, we need to work on that diversity. We need to work on that diversity. <laughs> yes. What was it? It was probably last week. I can't remember the name of it, but it was mm. a different form of artichoke that okay. I'd not had before that my wife brought back from the supermarket. Nice. 
and I love trying new yeah. things. So it was a different. I, could, I wish I knew the name. Yeah, no. <laughs> but it was a different artichoke that I tried last week. Yeah. That was it was great. Amazing. And I knew that it was gonna help yeah. my gut bugs, which there was gonna go. help my stress levels. Exactly. So I thought, okay, this is doing, doing me good. Win win. Well, I think you did an excellent job there with the quick fire. Well done, Rangan. Thank you. Woo! <laughs> so we always close the podcast with a food for thought, um, and that kind of wraps up the episode. So mine today. What I enjoyed reading about more than those um, animal moves in the kitchen, let's say, um, is that you encourage your children and your wife, and I'm guessing you obviously do, to share what you've learned. You know, you, you integrate your family into everything you do. And I like that you don't see yourself, as I don't, as an expert, because we're always trying to learn more. You know, there, there's never... Always We're never going to know enough, are we, basically? So in this crazy world of social media where everyone is giving an opinion and all too many think that because it works for them, it works for you too. Sadly, there is a no one-size-fits-all approach to nutrition and health, uh, genetics, age, sex, lifestyle. That all makes up our unique personalities and ultimately we have to find what works for us. Nobody else can actually do that. We can give them the tools, but no one else can do that. If you could leave our listeners with um, one food for thought that you want to share with them, just one bit of knowledge or, I don't know, affirmation that you can leave with them at the end of the podcast, what would that be? I'd probably say the the game, the gratitude game I play with my family every night over dinner, I think has changed the fabric of our interactions over dinner. It changes the moods. And it's something I'd highly encourage you guys to think about either by yourself, with a partner or with your children. And it's a game where you basically answer three questions. What have I done today to make somebody else happy? Mm. What has somebody else done today to make me happy? And what have I learned today? Try it. See how you feel. I find out things from my kids that they would never tell me otherwise. Of course. It brings a real closeness, a connection which helps us all understand each other better, lowers our stress levels, and I think ultimately makes us happier. Wow, um, I will actually be adopting that too. Thank you very much, Rangan, for coming on and sharing with us your food for thoughts today. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, you'll absolutely love my next guest. So click subscribe to be the first to hear it. And remember, a bit of extra guidance and advice may be all it takes to help you become the healthiest and happiest version of you. In my part handbook and part recipe book, Renourish, A Simple Way to Eat Well, you can follow the structure of a session with me in clinic, gaining the confidence you need to create delicious, nourishing meals at home with my Renourish menu. Check it out on Amazon or all major bookshops. For more information about me, my clinic, recipes, events, health retreats, and so much more, please visit retrition.com and follow me at Retrition on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. I'm always asked what goes into my perfect hamburger. Is beef really still the best, or have you even tried a veggie burger? Burgers may be considered fast food, but they're also quite a craft, aren't they? For a tender meat and intense flavor, I'm loving Hex Zesty Chicken Burgers. They are bursting with lemon freshness. Check out hexfood.co.uk or find them in major supermarkets. I also enjoy whipping up a quick lemon mayonnaise by combining a tablespoon of lemon juice, some zest, mixing with plain mayo, a juicy tomato, a fresh bun, obviously a big wad of paper napkins, and that's really all you need, isn't it? Hi. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.